Hey guys, my name is Ben Berman and welcome to the Starting It Up podcast where I interview all types of entrepreneurs uncovering actionable steps and inspiration that you can use to build your business, your side hustle, whatever it is that you're trying to create and live the life you've always wanted. On this episode, we talk with Ben and Daniel Martka, the co-founders of Mark. Ben and Dan are brothers who grew up in the jewelry business and knew that they wanted to trail their own path early on. We talk about how failure in their first business led to success in their second, what the experience of starting a startup with a sibling is like, how they focus and analyze feedback to create tailored experiences for their customers, and much more. Hope you all enjoy. Here it goes. Hey guys, I'm going to hand it over to you. We're actually doing this live in uh, your offices here. Give us an intro as to you know a little bit about your story, how you got involved in the jewelry space, and how we ended up right here. Great. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for having us, Ben. Thanks for having us, Ben. Thanks for coming in. Excited to be here on the pod. Good to have you guys. Thank you. Yeah, Absolutely. First timers, first timers over here. So uh How does it know, feel? It feels good. Let's be honest. It, it feels good. You don't have to, it's you gonna, don't have to lie. It's gonna take some honest. warming up too. But then, <laughs> Ben's nervous, I'm all right. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. But would love to fill you in on, you know, how we got started. Ben and I have both been in the jewelry business fresh out of school. I went to NYU, Stern School of Business. Ben's, yeah, I was at BU. I was a terrier. Yes, nice. yes, yeah. yes. Terrier in the crowd. Yeah. Uh, we both came into our family jewelry business, which our father and uncle started back in the late 80s. Our parent company is a high-end jewelry manufacturer on the wholesale side, has been in business for 30-plus years and employs uh, right around 100 people. Both both our and their factory and offices are here in, in Bryant Park. We're here on the office side, obviously, uh, but the factory is just on the other side of that wall over there. And when we got started, Ben and I were, I guess, uh, eager to use some of our business school uh, teachings um, and eager to kind of, quite frankly, start our own thing and take a shot at building a brand. And that's how we got started with our original business, which was called Everband. Everband failed to to fast forward, um, but... Everband was a B2B business model, so we sold a line of wedding bands for both men and women all around the country to you know mom and pop on Main Street USA type jewelers. It was a concept where you would add a diamond on the inside of your wedding band, um, you know, both partners together every mm-hmm. year on your anniversary, in order to kind of on the subtle side uh, celebrate another year of of being together cute idea but it failed um, unfortunately (laughs) cute idea didn't work the reasons are are many but among them it was really hard to work with these mom and pops all around the country for some reason the jewelry business a little bit more than other industries has really lagged behind what we did gain from the failure of Everband, though, is some great insight due to the fact that we were traveling all around the country and selling our line to these stores. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we were literally putting the line in our backpacks, traveling to California, Colorado, throughout the whole state of Florida, wherever it might take us, Chicago. 
and we'd be doing trunk shows for for a lot of these stores. They would have all their brands come in and sell their line, and that was actually a great opportunity for Dan and I to like be on the forefront and like talk to all these customers face to face and and kind of get an idea of what they're looking for, what their buying habits are like, just what they like and what they don't like in terms of the whole shopping experience. So like we kind of took that and use it as like a really big learning experience. Yeah. So we we do these trunk shows or we'd go and do a training for uh, you know, an Everband training. And time and time again, we'd see guys coming into jewelry stores and looking like lost little puppies. <laughs> Just, you know, first of all, not knowing, you know, where to begin, who to talk to, what to look at, how much to spend. A lot of them were a little disenchanted because they spent a little bit too much probably on the engagement ring and they were a little yeah. uh, <laughs> disappointed. They were a little bit. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So half of them looked lost, half yeah. of them looked like they were coming to a funeral. Yeah. And it, it was it was a pattern that was quite frankly kind of kind of hard to ignore. So time and time again we'd notice the same thing all around the country. And not too much later, I think, is when Ben and I started to, well, A, realize, hey, Everband is not going to work, but B, what are we going to do about it? And that's how the idea for for Mark started to grow some roots. Yeah. So for everyone out there who might be you know, running some kind of business, like a side hustle or, or anything, and they start reaching this point where they're wondering, like, is this going to work? Should I continue to spend my time and my money and my effort on this? Was there like one particular signal that you guys saw that really made you say, like, this business, you know, we might be passionate about it. It might be a good idea, but it's not one that we can afford to continue to pursue and, and need to change direction and go somewhere yeah. else. Yeah, I think, I mean, does anything come to mind for you? I think maybe that that like mayor's kind of a turning point. Everband signed a pretty great contract with a regional jewelry store that had over a dozen locations. And yeah. but like with with many more across other parts of the country too, but we just kind of started in one region, right? Yeah, and it, was it like started a- all all around the East Coast and we spent Ben and I spent around I don't know, a couple months visiting each and every store and training each and every employee. Yeah. Yeah. And to see that kind of, you know, to spend all that time to travel around the country and, and do all that work and to see the orders really not mm. follow, you know, there's one thing to just be patient and, you know, continue to work hard and realize, hey, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. But I think you got to be getting some pings, you know, you got to be getting some pings yeah. and, and some calls and some emails and some questions. Yeah. Um, it was just, a, it was a rather dark time. Yeah. And it was kind of just a kind of like a a newsflash, you know, saying that it, in my opinion, at least, I don't know about you, Dan, but like when they were like, "Yeah, we don't really want to roll this out to any more stores. We don't really want to renew whatever contract we had." We're like, "Okay, like what are we gonna do now? Like we we lost a pretty big chain. We're still early on. We can't keep pouring money into this up to you know up to our heads." So maybe it's time to just think differently, you know, like try to do something a little bit different. And the last sign was that whether it was with that chain or or with some other customers that we had, when you're in a B2B business model and the other half of the B wants you to put up 
90 to 100 percent of the liability in terms of you know marketing budget and basically tell you all right you know you can have this in our stores but you guys have to put up all the merchandise all the marketing budget and Mm -hmm. run all the campaigns yourselves and you know we'll let you know how much of a cut we want when they're not willing to have any skin in the game is what i'm trying to say is a pretty telltale sign that pretty much just taking you for a ride quite frankly yeah yeah, it's like, it's kind of like a consignment deal at that point or something where it's like, hey guys, yeah, feel free to do your thing, but we're not committed until it actually works out. For sure. Absolutely. That and was super frustrating. Yeah, yeah. There, yeah, there are consignment deals that work out and there are some great partnerships out there, which a lot of our friends in the jewelry industry you know, do have. But it's, it's a two-way street and it's understandable that as a you know, quote-unquote startup, you got to you know, pay your dues, but just don't, as if you're giving advice to some other, you know, fellow startups, don't be afraid to, you know, stick up for yourself and try to identify when you're being taken for a little bit of a spin in that sense. There was a lot of that going on. There was a lot of that going on. Yeah. yeah. And, do you, do you, go ahead, sorry. No, and just like kind of the, just not even stores that we would end up partnering with, but just people that we would meet in the industry. It just kind of all kind of had that vibe to it. Yeah. It, you know, not everybody's looking out for each other. Sort of thing. You think it's because you guys are like two young dudes, kind of in this in this jewelry space that I'm just guessing is dominated by older people. People have been in it, you know, for yeah. for a much longer time. Is that part of it? Or I definitely think that's part of it. Yeah, I just think that they exactly like you said. They saw these two young guys that sure they have a good idea, but hey, I'm I've been in the jewelry industry for myself five six years and. We're talking and trying to negotiate with a guy who's been in the industry for thirty plus years. Yeah, and you know? and they identify that right away. You know, yeah. you're young, you've got a new brand, you're you're desperate to get your stuff into my store. You know, I've got the traffic, I've got the established brand name. You know, show me what you got. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, so, so you know, shifting over to Mark. Granted, you know the, the business is a little bit different, and and you guys have that experience that you took from your first business. How are you dealing with that right now? Because I'm assuming, like, you know, didn't people's perspective didn't like drastically change? You're still dealing with that. How do you go about it on the day to day now? Yeah, well, I think it was we were wounded by the Everband situation. Yeah, um, and I think that one of the clearest things after some time was that we needed to pivot to a uh, direct to consumer model. It was a combination of the complaints that we're issuing to you right now with the relationships that we had in the stores combined with noticing all of these guys who need this wedding band. They don't necessarily all want one, but it's a necessity product. Um, All these guys coming into the stores looking lost and having nowhere to go. All of that, you know, coupled with the I guess, market research that we were simultaneously doing um, into what kind of interest we might get out of guys all around the country gave us the green light. Yeah. So for everyone who wants to kind of exactly understand what this business does, it's been you guys compared to the Warby Parker for wedding bands. Can you just explain exactly how this works? Someone goes on your website, and then what's you know the, the process to actually getting and uh, and buying these wedding bands? Yeah, so you kind of nailed it. Basically, you're a guy, you're getting married, and you need this thing called a wedding band, and you're not really 
exactly sure what it entails. You're not sure how much it should cost. All you know is that you wear, you're supposed to wear this wedding band every day of your life that you're married. You know, so where do you start? You know, you don't really want to go into a store since you don't really want to deal with a pushy salesman or that's, that's the worst. I'd say like in the jewelry yeah. business because uh. you don't actually know that much. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, they're just like a point of view. Like I'll see people, I know people that just walk in, want to buy something, and then for like maybe like a thousand dollars, and they walk away with like something that's like three thousand that. They probably could have got for one thousand. Yeah, you're a dream come true for that <laughs> store. You know, they're they're waiting for you with a glass of champagne and a pearly white smile, and yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, some good cliche one liners. They got you right where they want you. Yeah, and then like the best part is like, I mean, it's it's probably different for wedding bands, but they you feel like you've won when you leave, and then kind of later you're like, oh shit, maybe uh, maybe I didn't win here. And then after that kind of an experience, it's like very difficult to go back. I haven't had this personally, but I do know like other people who have, and it's kind of like similar. I don't want to compare it to like getting a tattoo because it's like not permanent by any means, but it is that kind of like, oh shit, like maybe, you know, in the moment, it's not exactly what I thought. So I think, you know, the process of doing it online is very appealing to most people mm-hmm. in the comfort of your own home, yeah. you know, your own yeah. private space. One of the things though with our market research was that we immediately identified was that guys still need to try on this wedding band. No matter how good your your copy and messaging is, no matter how pretty your website is, no matter how good your prices are, people still need to try things on. The year is 2019 and people still need to try things on. So we quickly realized that we weren't going to be able to just Take some beautiful high res product shots, you know, throw them online and expect you know, a bunch of expect sales, the sales yeah. to, to trickle in. Nobody um, knows their finger size, too. That was a huge thing. Good point, yeah. huge thing. So at that point, all roads kind of pointed towards a home try on kit, hence the Warby Parker of wedding bands name tag that we have achieved. So we essentially ordered home try on kits from each and every company all across industries, not just jewelry. Industries, but across all industries, to do a little testing, we Our packaging the whole experience and things like that. Yeah. Yep, and we created our own home try-on kit, which be happy to show it to you if we have them in afterwards as well. Yeah, it'd be great to see. Yeah. What we do is we keep it really clean, we keep it really simple, but we keep it really high quality at a reasonable price. The reason why we're able to offer that quality at that price is because we're lucky enough to use the resources that we have here around us right now with our parent company. And um, the reason why we keep it really clean, simple, and elevated is because, again, our, our research gave us some really hard evidence into the fact that, you know, guys like us, you know, you need the wedding bands. It's something that you have to wear every day, yeah. something you don't want to get tired of, but at the same time, it's right there on your hand. So you want something that is pure, that is gonna uh, last classic and timeless, but at the same time, something that you can be proud of and something that kind of takes us to the next level, which is something that, you know, you feel like represents not only yourself, but represents your marriage and helps you connect to your marriage a little bit better every day. Yeah, like part of when we were we were starting the company and coming up with, you know, names and the look and the feel and what like who exactly is our guy that we're going after. You know what I mean? Like we're not really interested in the guy that doesn't 
doesn't care about the way he looks. You know what I mean? Like we actually want the guy who Dan's brought this up previously and it's a good point is that like we we now live in a time where there there's never been a time basically where men actually like take pride or care for the way they they treat themselves, you know, like fitness is very in, body care is very in, you know, there's there's hymns, there's Harry's shaving, there's there's all these companies that are for the guy that cares about how he presents himself in like today's world. And like we like to pair ourselves with that type of guy. Like Dan said, you're wearing this every day. It's a it's a symbol of your marriage and like your relationship with your spouse. And it should be made the right way. It should last. And, you know, it shouldn't break your wallet also, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting thing that you guys picked up, like how the, the market is changing so quickly. And one of the things that a lot of other, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts, a lot of other podcasters in this space are always like talking about and just people who, you know, have, have built successful companies. Like the way you find a great idea is, you know, you take what you already know and you compare that to like what's going on in the market. So you guys had a background on jewelry, you saw what was going on in the market and you kind of realized this is the time to create this business. And just market timing is, is so critical because, you know, similar to your past company, like if the timing isn't right, if one thing is off, it's just not going to work out. And it's really cool that you guys picked that up. One other thing I want to ask is it seems like Mark right now is really only for men. Is that something that you're planning on changing or do you want to stick, you know, for men because I don't really know the wedding band industry that well, but I'm sure there's like more options out there for women. Yeah, so you're definitely onto something here. What we're doing in the long eight months that we've existed, in addition to crafting wedding bands for men, we're collecting a very, very vast pool of customer information. The customer information is not only for you know, the guy who is getting married because quite often the actual person who's you know, buying the ring is gifting it to their partner. And gotcha. so we yeah. we interact with a ton of you know not only guys and not only same sex couples but also the woman the the fiance the partner and we are in the process of even though we're you know we're super busy we've had our hand in over eleven hundred weddings so far yeah. um, since our wow. birth at the same time we're spending a lot of time you know reading each and every review answering each and every email and paying very fine detail to customer service because we know that sooner rather than later, we're going to have an opportunity to expand our product assortment. And it's very, very important that we choose the right next. Yeah. And we've, we go back and forth on this all the time. I mean, it may expand into, you know, women's something. It may not. It may expand into something that all right, let's let's say you're a guy, you got married and two years go by and what's next? You know what I mean? Like what, yeah. what's your next purchase as a guy after you're married? It could be many things. Any thoughts? Any tips? Yeah, we're accepting all <laughs> ideas. I have no too. idea. <laughs> yeah. All right. I've I can't even imagine like married life right now. So Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. look, there's just there's a lot of different paths that you can approach this with mm-hmm. and you know each and every week on, at our at our weekly Friday meeting there's a ton of ideas up on that board and we're going to take our time with it 
We don't want to make any you know rash decisions and and pivot the business model quite yet. We're still super busy. It's uh, pretty much peak wedding season here at the I end noticed. of July. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So we're going to do good by our customers now, but we're gonna we're gonna follow up with them in in the near future. You can be sure of that. Awesome. Do you guys yeah. do promise rings at all? Well, um, there's there's different ways of there's a lot of different ways you can call them now. You can call them promise rings, engagement bands, wedding mm. bands. Um, like I touched on earlier, you know, we we have a lot of same sex couple clients who, yeah. you know, are using are using these bands to propose to uh, each other. Pr- propose to each other, yeah. exactly. Awesome. Yeah, it's cool. And uh, we actually, it's funny you bring that up because we actually have a like a, a survey that goes out to some customers. Yeah. And it asks them, you know, when are you getting married? Is this for your wedding or is it for something else? And there's another option is it's not, we're not getting married. This is just something between us. Yeah, we're just celebrating our relationship. Yeah, there's a lot of responses that, that come in. Absolutely. Uh, that. Yeah. So well, I think it's I think we're living through a time where it's very in fashion to question tradition. Mm-hmm. And even though we're a we're a wedding band company, we want to support all the different ways that people now approach their relationships. And I think that that, that that's a part of it. So whether you want to call it a wedding band or a promise ring or an engagement band or just something to celebrate us being together, we're just happy to have a small hand in that. Very cool. Um, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. I, I guess like there are so many different you know avenues people can take in this and and really what's important is like the symbol and I guess that's like what you're focusing on. One thing I think is, is super interesting that you that you had mentioned is the customer experience and the fact that you focus so closely on that. You know, you guys are correct me if I'm wrong, but you've been in business for under a year in Mark for Mark. And I think you know, maybe like a lot of other people, a lot of other entrepreneurs would be thinking about like constant growth at the forefront. But it sounds like you don't want to go to the next level until you've established fully that your current customers and the people that you're already working with are like fully, you know, satisfied. And then you've essentially created something so good that there aren't going to be more complications in the next step. Just talk a little bit about what actually made you realize that and. What have been some of the biggest benefits that have come from it? Yeah, like totally. That's kind of our our mindset, totally. And it actually dates back to why we kind of focused on the men's category initially. Now, when we were starting the company, we we wanted to be different. You know, like we're we're, we're not the first company out there to sell a wedding band online. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you you can go anywhere for that. You can go to Amazon. You can go to Brilliant Earth. You can go to you know Zales, whatever it is. We just really wanted to differentiate ourselves in the sense that, you know, we want to sell you one product. We want to be at top of mind when it comes to that one product. You know what I mean? So when it comes to, you know, buying earrings and rings and necklaces and bracelets, like, yeah, those other sites are are, are great for selling all those different products. But because of the fact that they don't focus on one thing like we do, we feel like we have a a leg up in terms of quality and you know attention to detail and like catering to our customers and things like that and that's important when you're when you're thinking about you know how you're going to grow the business you know like we both feel like right now we want to lock in you know mark being the go-to men's wedding band company 
You know what I mean? And it's yeah. cool if you're not a man and you want to mark wedding band also. Like, well, that's totally fine. We support anything like that. But we just really prioritize like getting this one thing totally right and not confusing our customer. You know, six months they come back and be like, oh, like now they're selling a bracelet. Like, so what are they? You yeah. know, what's their real identity? So we kind of just wanted to like hone in on that before we take the next step. Yeah, we spent a year and a half developing the the brand before wow. we before we soft launched it. We worked with a bunch of freelancers that I knew from from school who had jobs at you know some pretty prestigious branding agencies. I think uh, Red Antler and Gin Lane to name a few. And we were just stubborn with them, man. Like we <laughs> we were like we're not gonna hit the green button until this is just the way we want it to be. And like Ben said, we want to specialize in men's wedding bands, so we better fucking get it right, yeah. you know, <laughs> um, to, to, to put it quite simply. You know, for example, our, our home try-on kit is six very simple rings, but we show you pretty much each and every possible configuration that you can get it in between Rose gold, white gold, yellow gold, our classic style, our flat style, our slim mid, our slim width, our mid width, our wide width, yeah. as well as the uh, polish versus matte finish. And we do that in a kit that is four inches wide by two inches tall. So just hearing that, I feel like it's a, there's so many different factors there where someone could get analysis paralysis. I'm sure this is like something you guys have thought of. How do you address that when giving someone something that you're shipping and then it's in their hands? You know, they're at home, they're trying it on. How do you make sure that they know or how do you guide them to make the best decision possible? Yeah. So like Ben said, one of our one of our main things that we stuck to during brand development was keep it simple, keep it easy, keep it clean. So, like I said, there's only six rings in the kit. In our research that we did, there's so much junk out there. I mean, if you go to some of our, you know, quote unquote competitors sites, you'll see rings made out of rubber, wood, aluminum, carbon fiber, titanium, bronze, copper. I mean, the list is is endless and you can get it configured in 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 so many different ways and widths and styles and finishes that we were like, you know what? We're so overwhelmed by this. Like we were actually, you know, annoyed I, by the process. You yeah, know, like yeah. because there's just so much staring at you. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you pick one thing? It's yeah. kind of like just I'm a guy and just show me just a couple styles yeah. that are like universal. Yeah. So we actually offer zero alternative metals. We don't mess with anything except for 14 karat gold. And it goes back to what we touched on earlier, which is, hey man, like if you're going to do this, do it right and let this be something you're proud of. Let this be something that's built to last. Don't let it be something that's going to tarnish after six months because, hey, this symbolizes your, your, not only your wedding day, but beyond. It symbolizes your relationship and your marriage and, and, you know, being together with someone hopefully forever. So Stick with gold, yeah, <laughs> and and don't mess with the with the five dollar you know rubber yeah. or silicone ring online because it's not going to last. So you, you kind of know where we're going with that one. Yeah. And also, just you know, gold tends to hold value pretty well. So yeah, it's a good investment. Worst case scenario, yeah. probably sell it for a little bit more money than you bought it, or yeah. right around the same. Unlike yeah. you know other types of jewelry where you know once you get it back, it's like you know sorry <laughs> for sure. 
But the key is, like what Dan said, is keeping it simple for, for yeah. everybody who's shopping for a wedding band. Like I know it sounded like he there were a lot of different variables mm-hmm. that were going on, but it's really not. You know what I mean? Like there's a classic ring with a with a it's normally just round, and there's a flat ring. And you, you know, if you're a guy, just okay, which style do I like more? And then now let's get into colors and how wide I want it to be and just how it's finished. You know, like they really appreciate that. And We've definitely made changes along the way to the try-on kit because we wanted to depict as best as possible to these guys what these rings are going to look like if you were to were to order one. Yeah, yeah. But but like you said, less is definitely more when it comes to this stuff and with our audience. So like Ben said, we're we're constantly tinkering with the kit. We do let customer, even though we've standardized it, we do let customers email us after they've placed their order with some special requests, and we do our best to accommodate those as well. Yeah, and that sounds like one of those things that you know is is do stuff that doesn't scale because maybe you can do that right now, but eventually you're going to have so much data where you're not going to need someone to email you. It's already going to be an option. I feel like that's kind of the vibe that I'm getting from from something like that. You know, it's just been like, a yeah, thought. Yeah, 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 we yeah. just spoke about it. Yeah, yeah. We, we try to incorporate some follow-up questions yeah. in, the, in the order confirmation page. We change the question all the time because we're constantly testing different approaches. Yeah, I do believe the question right now, though, is like, hey, like, do you have any specific requests for your kit? Maybe you only want to see yellow gold, or maybe you're only interested in the slim width, or maybe you require the matte finish. Like, let us know. And, and we print out that report every day, and, and we do our best to fulfill each and every kit with what they want. Yeah. I mean, there are sites out there, though, that you can actually pick and choose, I think, like what you want to see in a home trial kit, whether it's rings or something else, you know? And we thought about it, you know. It's it's in the it's in the think tank right now, but I think it you know requires a lot more planning on the you know actual development side of the mm-hmm. site. And we just really like the way it is right now. We, you know, we don't want to do anything with that right now. But you know, it's it's been talked about. Gotcha. So so one of the things that's really interesting about you know you guys and and how you've been running this business is that you come from. A family business, and now the two of you guys are your brothers, your siblings, and you're running this business together. For everyone out there who has either thought about starting a business with their sibling, or you know, just has just thought about it in general, like what has that experience been like? Just individually, your thoughts. Just be pretty honest here, even though you guys are in the same room together. I'll go first. I think you know it's definitely a case by case basis. Everybody has a different relationship with their sibling. We happen to have a great relationship. You know, we're we're four years apart, but we have many mutual friends, so we hang out with each other outside of work. You know what I mean? Just just by being friendly with a lot of the same people. But in general. Dan and I work great together. I think that we actually have like two different sides of the brain and they just complement each other nicely. You know, just like in any other case, you know, you are going to get on each other's nerves or, you know, you are going to argue about things, but we've done a pretty good job at, you know, keeping a level head and like being respectful and having like the same long term goal. And as long as you have that, and respect for one another, things will be great. And things have been great so far. I mean, we've been through a pretty big low with our previous company. We've obviously lived together growing up. We also lived together post-college. Together a bunch. Yeah, and worked together and had a company together. So some would say we're almost married. But (laughs) 
Fuck. We also we're also marrying cousins. Yeah, just really? want to throw that out there. Oh wow! Are hey you guys, engaged? hey guys. Sorry, Ben, you're engaged. I'm engaged. Yeah, oh, awesome. getting married in uh, six weeks. Oh wow! Congrats. Yeah, awesome. Man. Yeah, it's pretty wild. And you got married. I got recently? married last summer okay. over Memorial Day wow. weekend. So newlyweds here, and and yeah. we, hey, look, we're our own target market here. Yeah, you know, yeah. and uh, so you guys or, really get it, or we were, <laughs> we really get it, and. You know, a lot of the guys, you know, my age, and I know a lot of the guys Ben's age are also tying the knot right around now, and we definitely tapped on them for some insight as well. Regarding me and Ben, I mean, I think he, I think he really covered it all. But for anyone else listening out there, I, I think the most important thing in any family business is to just not take anything personally, or at least not too personally. There's going to be some tough days. There's going to be some tough moments. It's okay to, you know, have these little mini snaps uh, mm-hmm. every now and then on each, on each other because it's all for, you know, the greater good of the company. And as long as you don't take something, you know, too personally, I think is, is very good general advice. At the same time, just don't be afraid to, to take some space if you need to, uh, you know, take a step back and, and, and take a breather, I think. It's definitely a good idea to have a have a wall between you guys, you know, yeah, sure. a literal wall, a literal <laughs> yeah. wall, because everybody needs a little privacy now and then. But smooth sailing so far, awesome. Yeah, I mean that's that's just super cool. I think, you know, so many people are like you get into an argument with someone and and you kind of like end a friendship or end a relationship, and the fact that you guys have just gone through so much together and are, are still, you know, like I'm guessing you guys are like best friends. You know, yeah. you're as probably as close as like. Any siblings can really be. You work together, marrying cousins, like <laughs> live together for a bunch until you got married. <laughs> Sorry? Sorry, go ahead. I was just saying hello. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's cool. Like I I don't know. I don't even sometimes I think about you know, just going into business with like a really close friend and it's just like it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, it'll be so fun. But also you always want to make sure that, you know, the business doesn't ruin the friendship and you know, it looks like it's been smooth sailing uh, in that regard for for you guys, which is great. Exactly, yeah, and it's really helped us. You know, I guess just being brothers is is just a cool you know business story. It really helped us to get into the Wall Street Journal um, last month, who like ran a company profile on us, and and it kind of seems that everyone has you know similar questions, which is. Look, man, like it's hard enough to get along with your siblings in real life. Yeah. You know, like how yeah. do you do it all day, every day at the office, you know, and, and back at home? So we're, we're just happy to have conquered that, at least for now. And yeah, knock uh, on wood. Yeah, knock on wood. And, you know, just enjoying the ride. Is it, uh, do you guys have other siblings or is it just the two of you? We have a younger sister. Yeah. Yeah. She just got engaged too. Recently. Wow. Yeah. So Look at we're, you guys. All, we're all off the board. Yeah. Yeah. We're bringing her on board to Marks. Really? Yeah, we need we need her expertise. We need some help, uh, man. Yeah, we, we need some help. We need some help. help so. How many uh, How many people do you guys have working in like full time or kind of part time contract basis at Mark right now? Yeah, so we've you know full time pretty much just have seven or eight um, wow. here in the office. We do you know as we've touched on have are lucky enough and fortunate enough to be able to leverage our you know resources from our from our parent company who are technically is our our vendor and do some contract work for us um, technically you know we work with a couple of different agencies to help us out with our digital ads and our PR we've got a a uh, little influencer campaign brewing. So there's cool. some exciting little pieces of the puzzle that are coming together. Yeah, um, we're trying to just round it all out to yeah. you know 
make sure we're make sure we're yeah you know, covered in every little area. It gets very easy to fall into the trap every day of just filling orders, answering customer service emails, and and fulfilling. But we have a thing around here that we try to stick to, which is every day do at least one thing to to grow your brand, and even if it's you know something as simple as you know going on on social media and you know doing some tags and some likes and some comments or if it's something as big as you know sitting here on the uh, starting it up Ben Con uh, podcast <laughs> um, just you know one 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 thing a day is our yeah. rule around here and and we don't go home until that gets done so wow yeah, that's awesome i think like what you just said, I think is so important because it's not even just when you're starting a company, it's when you're doing anything innovative. It's so like, especially if you're working somewhere, working on something that just has so much work and, and you're already like swamped, getting yourself to then, you know, at the end of the day or at the very last minute saying, I'm going to do one more thing. I'm going to take it to the next level is what I personally think like separates everyone from, you know, kind of middle of the pack to the people who really rise to the top because if you, you know, the whole cliche, like 1% better every day, some mm-hmm. crazy number after after the <laughs> yeah. after a year, you know, with that exponential growth and, and the compounding. So yeah, it's, it's super cool that you guys just have that mentality and yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah, uh, it forces you to think in certain ways also. You yeah. know what I mean? That if you, if you need to do one thing every day and you can only do so much and then it just puts your mind into a certain area where you're like, all right, let's try to think a little bit differently now. Let's try to reach out to some people that we maybe not normally would have reached out to or whatever it might be. Cool. And yeah. um, kind of one final thing, you know, to end this on a note where you kind of just give some advice. So for everyone out there who, you know, might be on the younger side, recently out of college or in college, looking to to graduate soon, what advice would you have to them about whether they should, you know, get into the job market and, and kind of, you know, do that for a few years, learn, and then start their own business? Or, you know, similar to what you guys have done, jump right into it and and really kind of you know, see where things go. What's your take on that? I can go first on this sure, one, I yeah. guess. I haven't done enough research into, you know, all the successful, you know, new companies of the last decade, but I'd love to know, you know, how many of them, you know, made it and made it right on the first shot. Because I, I really sincerely think that you just have to fail one time at least, and, you know, on, on that note, I think you just got to get started right away, you know, not to take away from anybody who, who believes in, you know, post bachelor's degrees and, you know, going to school for a little bit longer. Just, I guess they just get started a little bit later, but I just don't think that on the first shot, you can put a product or a brand out there that you're really proud of and that you really think represents your, your best foot forward. I mean, I think you can, if it's like a certain type of, product. It has to be something that maybe someone's never seen before or something that never it's never been done before. You know what I mean? For us, we kind of just took a product and wanted to sell it and and make it better for and make it easier for people to buy. I do agree with Dan though that for sure, at least for us, failure has taught us so much. We definitely wouldn't be doing Mark if it weren't for our failed Everband experience. That's for sure. And yeah, I mean, my, my advice is to some degree, you got to go with your gut, you know what I mean? Because your gut 
has some substance to it in terms of like really telling you what's right and what's wrong to do. And I think if you fall flat on your face the first time, then yeah, it sucks. It's a terrible feeling, but it's going to, it's going to bring you somewhere the next time around, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, awesome advice here. And yeah, everyone's timeline is different. You know, if it's, you feel like you're ready, you can go do it. If you don't feel like you're ready, you don't need to do it. I think now there's like this big push for everyone to just get started on something. And I personally think like, you know, not everyone needs to start a business. So you could start, you know, a side hobby. You could start, I think you should be doing something kind of productive, maybe, you know, outside of work or, or something like that. But there's just so many avenues you can take. You can learn, you know, a new language, play an instrument. And it's just like whatever you want to do. And then what I've noticed that's super kind of interesting to me is that there's people who I, I see now who I would have never thought they would have started a business, you know, knowing them in the past, like in, in school and other, in other areas. And they go out, they do something, and they just like build those skills, and something clicks one day, and they just start a business. And you know, it's successful. It's not, you know, it it's hard to tell, but that's kind of just how it is. And I think like rushing into things like that is just it's never a good idea. And 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 you guys just you know, like you guys knew that you had to do this, you figured it out, and and now you're about a year in, doing really well, and and we're gonna see where this goes, and it'll be exciting to watch. For everyone out there who's interested in checking out Mark, who's interested in connecting with you, Dan, Ben, let them know the best place to to do so. Yeah, of course. So MarkNYC.com. That's where you get the world famous home try-on kit and, and your wedding bands. You can also feel free to reach out to our info at email. So info at MarkNYC.com. Ben and I would also be very happy to hear from you directly. I'm Daniel at MarkNYC.com. And I'm Ben at MarkNYC.com. There you go. Yep. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, any questions, any uh, advice, any thoughts, for sure. Awesome. Thank you guys so much yeah. for uh, for hosting me here. Uh, really awesome meeting both of you and, and speaking with you guys. Thanks. Thanks awesome. Ben. Thanks so much, Ben. Had a great time. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard, go rate and subscribe to the podcast. Even share it with your friends if you found the lessons valuable. We do the show every week, so stay tuned for more episodes. And till next time.